Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the inaugural episode of Strange New Trek. I am your host, Jeremy Vilmer, and joining me now is my good friend, Chris. What's happening, Chris? What's up, man? It's been a while. It's been a long time. <laughs> I had had this idea for about a year for this podcast, and I just kept kicking around, kicking around. Finally, one day I just texted you. I'm like, hey, you want to start a podcast? So here we are. Yeah, I know. I was trying to get some projects together myself, but uh, things kept happening. So never came to fruition. So when you when you got a hold of me, I was like, heck yes. Been looking for something to do. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess we'll we'll give a little bit of our backgrounds real quickly here. Chris, what is your podcasting background? Oh, man. I don't even remember how many years ago it was now, but I was the host of a Friday the 13th podcast that will go unnamed. that's actually where i met you i think you wrote into the show and gave me a fan theory and i shot you down (laughs) (laughs) and then i think a handful of episodes later i was like you know that does sound right but instead of saying it was your idea i took it as my own uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) I, i remember I remember quite well. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, though, I don't, I don't, I don't remember if we talked before that or what. But um, yeah, that's how we met. The way I remember it, and granted, my memory is a little shaky these days. That happened. We had a couple exchanges, and then I was starting two podcasts simultaneously with my ex-wife. Well, one with my ex-wife, and one by myself with a couple friends. And before I knew what Geekish Cast was going to be, I was like, I'm just going to start doing shit, you know, having people on and whatever. (laughs) So I asked you guys, I was like, hey, (laughs) you doing anything? Hop on here. Let's record for a bit. And that's that's how we started actually talking that I remember. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I remember. Maybe we met in like a podcast and Facebook group or something. Maybe I can't remember. And you were looking for guests or something. I don't I don't remember exactly how that all went down, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. My memory's a little stewed from the last few years, you know? Yeah, I hear you, man. We did that for I don't know, it was a good solid two years. You might not think you get two years worth of content out of Friday the thirteenth, but man, we did a deep dive into that whole thing, talking about lots of theories, connecting all the movies together, even though it's really hard to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> talking to some actors from the movies, uh, talking to creators in the in the fandom and whatnot, people that make masks and stuff like that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Life got in the way, though, and I had to hand the reins over to somebody else. I didn't have to, but I actually should have just put us on hiatus and came back when I was feeling better, when I was in a better spot, but... It's still going on kind of sporadically now, but the guy I handed over to still does it. Yeah. I quit listening probably about three episodes after you left. I don't want to get into why, but it's it's one thing when it's like your friend doing the show and then somebody else takes over and you're like, uh, okay, and that's enough of that. Yeah, that's all good. Now it's him and his friends doing the show. So, I mean, I guess, I guess they still have fun with it. I tried to get it back from him, I don't know, a year or two later. And he was like, nah, start your own. <laughs> <laughs> you already jumped out the window, man. Keep falling. I wasn't about to restart a Friday the 13th podcast. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's kind of what we're going to be doing here. I was going to say for the little bit of content you had to work from, you guys got a lot out of it. What we're going to be doing here at Strange and Your Trek is we're going to be talking about Star Trek, but specifically about the Pike era. 
which is this weird thing now because we go from literally two and a half episodes of the show to there's a whole new show coming out. Oh, yeah, man. I'm going to be honest here. I had not watched much Star Trek since The Next Generation. <laughs> I watched the new movies. I thought the first one was really good. That's not to say that the other ones weren't good, too, but I felt like they could have done a few things differently. But um, aside from the first one, they, they more felt like uh, Star Wars movies. Big on the action and not so big on the character development stuff that Trek is historically known for. But so, yeah, when you got a hold of me for doing this show, because I do remember the original TOS pilot that never that never continued. Obviously, after the failed first pilot, they recast the captain of the Enterprise as uh, Kirk. Got old Mr. Shatner up there. But I do remember that original, original episode. So anyway, long story to get back to this. When you got up with me to do this, I went ahead and got a subscription to Paramount Plus and I started um, watching Discovery because I knew a lot of our, uh, a lot of at least the lead into the new Pike show branches off of Discovery. And man, I, I know that show gets a lot of hate on the internet. And obviously it's just from the loud people on the internet that like to boohoo everything for whatever reason. Now that's not to say the show doesn't have its faults. It does, but it's not nearly as bad as like Reddit would make it out to be, but I'm all caught up with that. Now I'm, I really in, have enjoyed everything I've seen so far. And when, by the time I got to season two, which is where Pike comes in, I was real impressed with that whole second season of discovery. So that just made me way more excited to do this. Yeah. That second season of Discovery, I was just enthralled with the whole thing, even though they did some things I didn't care for, like the big fight scene at the end. You know, I, I didn't know that the Enterprise carried fighter craft on it. Oh, you know, I was watching that with my wife and she's a big Doctor Who fan. And the whole time I was watching that, it just reminded me of uh, Day of the Doctor, where he calls in all the favors oh, and everybody yeah. comes to help. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, it does. Like that whole episode, just that whole, well, not the whole episode, but the whole fight scene just reminded me of uh, Day of the Doctor. I hadn't made that connection, but yeah, now that you say it, I totally can see that. But yeah, that second season, I really, the casting I thought was great. Anson Mount as Pike. I, I think he's fantastic. I think he made that whole second season. Once they finally introduced Spock, I was totally cool with Ethan Peck. It's Gregory Peck's grandson. Playing Spock, yeah, that's great. And, of course, Rebecca Romaine. What's not to love about Rebecca Romaine? <laughs> I enjoyed that. I Even though it got, like, weighed down in nostalgia, I, I, I was there for it. I'm like, yep, this is great. I love going back to Talos. I love the flash forwards. I'm all in on this. Yeah, yeah. That second season is, I mean, I've I've been enjoying the whole show, but. That second season is my favorite out of the four and a half seasons that we have so far. I hadn't finished season three yet. I'll probably do that by the time uh, Strange New World starts, just so I'm all caught up with everything. I am enjoying a lot of what they're doing with the new Star Trek. I love the uh, Lower Decks. I think is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I binged the crap out of that. Lower Decks is, was really great. I can't wait to watch more of it. Yeah, uh, that was great. Um, a lot of Pike jokes are hidden in there, too. Picard, and I've got a 
Picard Pike theory to probably expand on a little bit later, but I always wondered if Gene Roddenberry tried to finish Pike with Picard. Similar names, love of horses, both very dour, bitter, kind of quiet and somber people. The Picard series, I like that. I'm really looking forward to season two because Q's back. That's next on my list of things to watch. I was actually excited about it when they first announced it a while ago. But then when I saw that you needed a subscription to Paramount Plus, I was like, eh, and I never got around to it. But I'm definitely, especially if you're wanting to talk about some connections with Pike, I will be sure to catch up on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that might have killed this new series because it's streaming only. I think that might have that embittered a lot of possible viewers, I think, is what happened. I don't know. Are you talking about Discovery or Picard specifically? I'm talking about Star Trek on why why did like 10% of the fandom go evil on us? I think it might be because it's streaming. Well, I was doing some reading about that because, you know, if you go on Reddit, they make you think like Trek is dead. But, you know, they do that every time something new comes out. But I was actually looking at things that Paramount had to say about it. And basically, they saw their largest uptick in subscriptions when they took Star Trek to streaming, especially when Discovery came out. So, yeah, there might be some streaming naysayers, but the numbers uh, tell a different story. Oh, sure. And I'm, I'm, look, I'm talking about a small but vocal group here. They seem like there's more of them because they're, they're so noisy. Yeah. I think that's, uh, internet wide, though. It's yeah. not just, it's the crazy time we live in. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause, you know, there's, there's this, these handful of guys on YouTube that, you know, every week it's, and this has been going on since season one of Discovery. Oh, it's been canceled. Picard will never reach the air. They've all been fired. It's just ridiculous stuff. And they make the same videos week after week. It's just, just dumb. (laughs) Yeah. And again, to be fair, there are plenty of uh, actual criticisms you could make on the show, but some of the stuff that they talk about is just crazy to me. Yeah. Well, it's look, everything's got weak points. I mean, even my favorite shows are things I could pick apart about it all day long. (laughs) It's you show me something that's perfect. It doesn't exist. Yeah, one of my favorite sci-fi shows is Battlestar Galactica, the Ronald Moore one, the newer one. And uh, despite it being my favorite, there is plenty of stuff (laughs) that you could uh, say about that show and the negative. Especially since they just kind of were making everything up as they went along. Yeah, I think that hurt the most was when <laughs> when they just finally admitted, like, guys, we were just winging it. We had no plan. The Cylons had no plan. We had no plan. <laughs> uh, we were just, like, going to throw number six up there in a tight red dress a handful more times and figure you guys were going to keep tuning in, you know? <laughs> uh, hey, Chris, so let's talk a little bit about how we, you know, individually got into Star Trek. What was what was your background? What got you uh, involved in Star Trek? My dad used to watch the original series. I think that's probably, well, you're a little bit older than me, so I don't know if you're old enough to have seen it aired. I don't no, think you're that I'm old. Not, but... I'm not quite that old. <laughs> but, but to be fair, only, only, only missing the last season by a handful of years, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my dad used to watch it, and... Um, I just used to watch it with him. One of the episodes that kind of stands out to me, and 
I don't know why it does, but it's um, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. Oh, yeah. Season 3, episode 15. The one where the aliens have black on the right side, but white on the left on the side. Right side of his body. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. Like even as a kid, I, I kind of took Kirk's side. I was like, you guys are basically the same. Why is there a distinction you're making like this? <laughs> yeah. It's almost as if they were trying to tell us something about our world. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. Yeah. I guess I, I didn't realize till I was an adult that, uh, it was a allegory for racism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff in there. Even though I've got a friend who uh who's a film editor and um he used to do a lot of like blue moon stuff and you know, subspecies and all that kind of stuff. And he and I were talking one time, he's like, you know, everybody gets up their ass about <laughs> about Star Trek, about how high minded it was, this, that, and the other. He goes, when we watched Star Trek when I was a kid, man, it was about three dudes showing up on a planet and trying to fight, shoot, or make love to everything they found. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that, too. For me, I was born in 73, so Star Trek had been off the air for about four years, but 73 is about when it started to take off in syndication. Yeah, okay. So I'm only 10 years younger than you. I was born in 83. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... Yeah, I was never real sure about what our age gap was. But. <laughs> so for me, by the time I was three, I was a huge Star Trek fan. And my third birthday, matter of fact, I've even still got the the plates and cups from, or one plate and one cup from my birthday party. <laughs> my mom baked an Enterprise cake. I got a bunch of Mego uh, Star Trek toys. And then I've got the animated Star Trek animated series plate and cup still. And people, oh, are you a bigger Star Trek fan or Star Wars fan? Because when you're a kid, you had all the Star Trek stuff. I'm like, yeah, because Star Wars didn't exist yet. <laughs> it, it wasn't a thing, you know. And I remember my dad liked Star Trek when he was in high school. And his father wouldn't watch it. So he, my dad would have to go down the street and watch it at a friend's house. And I think it was like Thursdays or Friday nights or something. <laughs> And when my dad comes back from Vietnam in 72, his dad loves Star Trek. My dad's just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> we could have been watching this years ago. But what was real funny was probably around the time I was, I don't know, six, seven, eight. I had a cousin who was a little bit older than me. His name was Chris as well. <laughs> and he tells me, he goes, hey, did you know that there was a Enterprise captain before Kirk? And, you know, at that age, I hadn't really paid attention to the show. Of course, there were the Menagerie episodes that I would have seen, but I didn't really pay attention. And he goes, yeah, his name was Pike. And, you know, there's there's like years of that show where he's captain. And then like a couple weeks later, keeping in mind that Star Trek came on two, three times a day back then, about five o'clock and sometimes like nine o'clock, you know. And then one day I see the menagerie and I catch on that. Oh, my God, that's that Captain Pike. So I'm like, <laughs> so where's the other 10 years of this show? You know, <laughs> obviously now I I know about that episode, but I. I didn't know about that episode until, I don't know, probably, I was probably in my 20s when I was first really exploring the depths of the internet. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I came to watch um, The Next Generation because my mom wasn't, you know, at her house, she wasn't big on watching stuff like that. So I didn't watch a lot of Star Trek besides TOS until I, had, I was already out of the house. But yeah, Next Generations was my favorite for a long time, and I kind of stopped there. 
to be fair, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. I love the original series. I really, really like the next generation. And until like the newer stuff started, I I didn't really care about the rest. <laughs> well, I th- Deep Space Nine came out after that. I think was the next one, and I was just like, you know, I don't really want to watch Star Trek on a space station. That doesn't, I don't know. And then Voyager came out, and I was like, eh, it's not the Enterprise. I don't really care about it. <laughs> and I'm sure they're both fantastic shows. In fact, one of my friends keeps, even to this day, keeps bothering me about watching Deep Space Nine. I'm just like, at this point, it's just, uh, I don't watch it in spite of him. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you dug in at this point, you know. Uh, I watched yeah. a couple of episodes of Deep Space Nine, and I, I every time I'd see one, I'm like, oh, that's a lot like Babylon 5, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did watch the Tribbles episode of Deep Space I Nine. I did, too. That was great. And, you know, I even watched um, the Mirror Mirror episodes of Enterprise and liked them quite a bit. I hadn't seen any Enterprise stuff. No, I think you're probably okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like I said, I have been enjoying Discovery, but Next Generation and TOS, I'm good with that. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm kind of hoping we get to explore what Star Trek might have been like if the cage had sold as the uh, the pilot program. I think that would be kind of a fun topic to hit as well. Yeah, I, I do have some thoughts on that, and I won't get into them here, but yeah. And that's definitely, yeah, <laughs> we'll save that for the, for the episodes when we get there. And then of course, when strange new world starts, we'll be getting into that show. And I'm really looking forward to that. Chris, what are you, you got any thoughts or expectations about what we're going to do here? Some things that I'm kind of looking forward to. I know I pushed a little bit to have our next episode, talk about the star Trek is document that Gene Roddenberry used to pitch the show with. Obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but there's not a lot of talk of the captains as we know them now. And I don't even think the ship name was the same. Um, it wasn't the Enterprise. It was something else. It was Yorktown originally. Yeah, it was Yorktown. That sounds right. Yeah, so I, I quickly like went through that document, and it, it seemed like there was some cool stuff to talk about in there. Obviously, we're going to talk about the original pilot and the Menagerie episodes. Then you kind of wanted to do a comparison with a non-Trek movie, right? Yes. Uh, Forbidden Planet, which Star Trek, the cage basically is Forbidden Planet, the TV episode. Now, I've never seen that movie, so. We're going to have to get you a copy of it. <laughs> It'll be fresh for me. Yeah. And let me tell you, Anne Francis looks amazing in that movie. <laughs> You're just like, holy cow, women back then were hot. <laughs> you know, that's it. <laughs> that's kind of what you leave with, you know? I know originally we planned on going through Discovery season two episode by episode, but I was thinking that we had more time until Strange New Worlds came out, but we don't really. It'll be here in what, May? Yeah, it'll be here in May. It'll be here pretty quick, and we'll have to bag a couple episodes because I'm going to Greece for a couple weeks. So we'll probably, by the time I get back, you know, we'll do a couple pre-taped episodes, and then we'll probably be within a week or two of the new show. One of the things I did want to hit on real quick was my ex-wife used to give me a hard time about how much I love the episode, The Menagerie, and the part that I didn't tell her is when I was a teenager, I got really, really high one time on pot that was laced with opium. 
And for about six <laughs> days, I was convinced that I was living in somebody else's dream. <laughs> so stuff like uh, the Menagerie, Vanilla Sky, all of that really appeals to me because for a period of time as a kid, I really thought that's how life was. <laughs> could be. It could be. You can't tell me that it's not. There's no way to prove it. <laughs> and now with all this talk that we might be living in an ancestor simulator, freaking me out. Yeah, I, that's. I think that's what Elon Musk says. There's a good chance we're living in a simulation. Yeah, we wouldn't know the difference. That's the thing that freaks me out. I think, <laughs> man, if it's like some cosmic Sims game, I am mad at the dude controlling me. Oh well, yeah, well, think all the times <laughs> that, you know, all the times those people that play the Sims leave a dude locked in a room with a swimming pool and no toilet. Yeah, no ladder in the pool either. That's what life feels like sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> Oh, all right. So I think we got a pretty good idea where we're headed. We wanted to do this episode just to kind of get our feet wet and kind of lay out the direction of the show. Next episode, I'll, I'll go ahead and plug in some email addresses and Twitter addresses where you guys can reach out to us if you got something to say. If you are a fan filmmaker or such a thing that has dealt with the Pike era, please, when we give out those addresses, reach out to us. We might really enjoy talking to you. And Chris, any other thoughts? I thought we could end with a couple questions because in, in the Friday show, we always like to ask our guests a couple of canned questions. And so I figured uh, before we start having guests on, why don't we answer them ourselves? Because I don't think that's something we ever did back then. So I guess, um, th I mean, these are kind of obvious ones. Though, like favorite captain, who you got? I'm going to go with Kirk. My favorite is Picard. Although after watching... Discovery, Lorca, man, I was enjoying him while he was on there for season one. He had his plus sides, yeah. Plus two, one of my favorite movies is The Patriot, and Jason Isaacs plays the bad guy in that movie. So just seeing him as the captain of Discovery was pretty good. No, that was. I thought that was a lot of fun, too, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'll ask you this one. What is your favorite ship in Star Trek? Oh, that's going to be a Romulan Warbird. I think probably because some of the iterations of that ship kind of look like Cylon Raiders. Okay, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> they just look so cool. A close second would be the, the Klingon ships, especially... The Discovery versions of those ships, man. They were wild looking, huh? Yeah. Just yeah. aggressive and yeah. <laughs> I really like the way they did the uh, the cloaking stuff in the, the new show. The Klingon ships decloaking looks really cool. Yeah, no, that, was, that was pretty wild. I did like that. Strangely, my favorite ship is going to be the Reliant from uh, Wrath of Khan. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember when I was a kid watching the Wrath of Khan, I could have sworn we had seen different style Federation ships on Star Trek, but we we hadn't. They didn't show them. But I remember seeing the Reliant and just thinking that was a cool layout, you know, where they'd put the warp nacelles underneath and then a smaller body on top. I just thought that was a really cool design. Yeah, it is. All right. Favorite episode. Oh, this is, this is a rough one. <laughs> if I go with the original series... I'm going to say my favorite episode is Balance of Terror, the one where it's uh, the Enterprise versus the Romulan Bird of Prey. And 
the tension and just the, the the amount of respect between the two captains of the two respective vehicles. It was a really well done episode. And then you got the one guy on the bridge who's like a super racist towards Vulcan suddenly. <laughs> and it just it was like a lot of good internal tension and external tension. I just think that is a great episode. Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. My favorite comes from the next generation. Surprise, surprise. A Matter of Honor. That's the episode in season two where Riker gets traded the exchange to the program. Klingon ship. Yeah, the exchange program. Before that episode, I really didn't care for Riker that much. But that episode, I was like, man, that dude is a bad ass. <laughs> I don't remember. Did he Had he grown the beard yet or was he still baby-faced at that point? You know, I can't recall. Yeah, I'd have to go back and watch it. See, I actually like <laughs> I actually like season two of Next Gen a lot more than people other people seem to give it credit for. And I think Dr. Pulaski is a great character. I hated her when I first saw it. <laughs> but after time, after watching it, and you realize that they were doing Kirk, Spock, McCoy with uh, Riker, Data, and uh, Pulaski, I was like, I get this so much more now. That was a great episode, too. Especially when they threaten to breastfeed Riker. And Chris, if you were in Starfleet, what division would you be in? I don't think it'd be much different from my station in life now. I'd be a red shirt over there in operations. Obviously, we're talking about the Pike um, Kirk era red shirt. Because I assume that even in this theoretical, I would still be turning wrenches or something. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, so... I would like to say I would be smart enough. I don't think I would be. I would like to say science is the division I'd go into, either medical or sciences. And a big part of that is just because I'm such a Dr. McCoy fan. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. I would love to. Now, I would probably end up a grunt. I'd probably end up mopping the floor or something, honestly. <laughs> so I guess that's still ops, right? Probably, yeah. Everything from running the engines to mopping the floors. Yeah. So some when I was thinking about my answers to this question, I started really thinking about the types of people that were in each and aside from lower decks and maybe discovery a little bit, you really don't, obviously I can't speak for anything past TOS and um, next generation, but you really don't get a sense of people on the ship who are not officers. Well, so originally the idea was that there weren't people on board, except maybe ensigns here and there. But remember, if you watch that episode of The Cage, everybody's either the captain or a lieutenant. That was the min minimum grade, right? If you go with Navy ranks, I think Ensign is the first rank, if this is the first officer rank, isn't it? Maybe. I don't I don't know. I work for the Navy. I don't even know. <laughs> I was going to say, you know what? I, I always thought it was non-commissioned, but I, I don't honestly know because it is above enlisted, isn't it? An ensign is a junior officer, so says this federal pay website I'm looking yeah, at. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, Roddenberry's idea was basically everybody on board the, the Yorktown slash what became the Enterprise was basically the equivalent of NASA's top end astronauts at the time. So you had 200 to 400 people who were educated to that level. And even um, the episode where no man has gone before. They talk about how Kirk was a teacher when he was a lieutenant. There's that line. He's when you're in Lieutenant Kirk's class, you either think or sink. 
So all of those people had been educated to the level where they could teach a class and all that. So no, they didn't show a lot of people below that level. I was going to say maybe Lower Decks touches on it, but I think it follows around some ensigns, some lo lower rank officers. But um, in Discovery, I remember specifically, though, Tilly, who's in the spore drive area, she got promoted to ensign during the show. So I, for me, I think she's like the first non-officer that I know of. I mean, obviously, there's probably more, but that was a first for me. In so far that I was actually paying attention to that kind of thing. <laughs> and by this point, you know, we've kind of expanded what is what is Star Trek and who's allowed on board. Because, you know, on Enterprise, they had a cook character who I don't believe was actually part of any, like, official hierarchy. He was just on there as the cook. And then, of course, it turned out to be Riker in a simulation. But, you know, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. <laughs> Probably the least said about that, the better. And also, guys, anybody who's out there listening, if anybody out there knows how to get a hold of John Byrne, if he is still alive, I forgot to check. He did a series on uh, Captain Pike for DC or Marvel Comics. And I'd like to talk to somebody who worked on that series. I think that'd be an interesting insight to that time period that nobody really got, you know? Yeah, I'd be interested in that myself. All right, Chris. Well, we were going to just do a short episode, just kind of, you know, like I said, get out there and get started. I think we've kind of hit all the high points we wanted to, correct? Yeah, I think so. All right. So I guess we will uh, probably wrap up then, huh? I think so. All right. Well, everybody, for myself, Jeremy Vilmer, and for Chris over there, who I don't know if he's using a last name or not, so we'll figure it out next episode. <laughs> <laughs> so long, everybody.